The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. If you're in Chicago, please stop by and check us out on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon, Central Standard Time. Or if you're out of town, check us out on our live stream, which is can be found online at www.cutemple.org. That's C-U-T-E-M-P-L-E dot org. Today, we're continuing our series on Lessons in Truth, and I'm teaching the 11th lesson out of 12, which is titled Spiritual Gifts. Now, this is an important lesson because what it teaches us is that we already have inherent talent, gifts, abilities within us that only have to be activated, and they show up differently or expressed differently in different individuals. So in other words, you know, some gift might be dominant in you, meaning we all have the same gifts, but something might show up more dominant in you than other, sometimes based upon need, sometimes based upon desire, sometimes based upon natural talent. I don't know. They show up differently. So basically on page 143, I'm teaching from the Unity Classic Library series of the book. I want to go right into it. Um, She states that, uh, it is very natural for the human heart first to set out in search of truth because of the loaves and the fish, quoting Matthew fifteen thirty six. Perhaps it is not too much to say that the majority of people first turn to God because of some weakness, some failure, some almost unbearable want in their lives. So let's start right there. Many people come to a religious teaching, a spiritual teaching because of the things that they're dealing with their with in their lives. In other words, their desire to be free from suffering, to be free from pain, to be free from confusion, to be free from want, to be free from illness, to be free from something, has a tendency to push them towards a greater understanding of truth, of God, and however they process what that means. And and it's nothing wrong with that because again sometimes it's very difficult to teach somebody. You know we used to say in classes years ago around here that 
you know, it's, it's very difficult to teach a hungry stomach. In other words, you can tell a person about their divinity, but maybe they can hear you if they have something to eat first. So, so it's important for us to realize that people deal with their needs. And now once they deal with those things, then you can start talking about, um, uh, living life for, uh, based upon purpose and commitment and, and calling forth the inner divinity to express as, as love and compassion and all of those other things. But initially people are dealing with what's in front of them. Okay. Now it goes on to say in the book, there is in the heart of even the most depraved human being, though he would not for the world's have others know it, an instinctive feeling that somewhere there was a power that is able to give him just what he wants. That if he could only reach that which his, excuse me, that which to his conception is God, he could prevail on him to grant the things desired. This feeling itself is itself God given. It is the divine self, though only a spark at the center of man's being, suggesting to him the true remedy for all his ills. So in other words, as we start to develop spiritually, we realize that there's something that can free me. I might not understand it. I might not know how it works, but whatever the concept of God or power, higher power or whatever is working through your consciousness, something is saying, I can be free of this if I can get in an alignment with what this power, this truth is. And this is what leads us to the chapter on spiritual gifts and, and unwrapping it a little bit more. This chapter is based upon 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, and I'm going to read it because this matters as well. Now, let me give some context to this. Paul is writing, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians, to the Corinthians, the church in Corinth. And basically what he's doing is addressing that some people, the concerns that some people thought that they were higher up the spiritual ladder because they were expressing certain spiritual gifts that other people weren't. So this is him addressing spiritual gifts. He says, starting in verse four, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, the discernment of spirits to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. End quote. Now, he goes on and does a whole bunch of explaining about the different gifts and you know that it's one body and the foot can't be envious of the hand and et cetera, et cetera. Trying to get people to realize it's one body and it's one body of Christ and what difference does it make, you know, if the gift is being used to uplift the body. But then he goes on and then I'm a backtrack into those spiritual gifts that I just read. And he talks about in, in chapter thirteen on love, what love is really all about in other words you can have all these spiritual gifts but if you don't love what difference does it make so he starts off in chapter 13 and says if i speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love i am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal and if i have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love i am nothing if I give away all my possessions and if I hand my body, excuse me, if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. 
Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these, is love. So, as we're working with the concept of spiritual gifts, Paul was trying to make sure that people understood that you can express these gifts, but if you're not expressing them in love, then you're not expressing them the way that they were intended to be expressed because God is love. So this is not to become egocentric around being gifted in a particular way. No, it's not about the ego because that's edging God out. It's about making sure that we are open vessels for the spirit of God to flow through. Now, let's go back to um, the book on lessons and truth, because what she talks about is in the New Thought Christian movement, New Thought movement, sometimes called in the late 19th century, early 20th century, the truth movement. Some people called it uh, mind science, uh, et cetera. The people started to have what some would call magnificent, miraculous healings. I'm not talking about, you know, like a scratch on your finger. I'm talking about people being healed, healed of tuberculosis in the 19th century when they were still putting leeches on people's bodies as a medical treatment. I'm talking about people, um, you know, strengthening and lengthening limbs. I'm talking about people having, you know, you know, diseases of their, in their bodies that were basically going to take them out. In other words, they were going to make their transition and they had a breakthrough and a transformation and healed their body. So some people in the movement became so concerned with the healing aspect of new thought that they discarded the rest of them. And she's basically saying, okay, maybe the gift that you came to express necessarily wasn't the healing. It might've been something else, but always know that the work that you do towards truth is always building you up in a way that, that shows forth the complete manifestation of God in your life. She says on page 144, both teachers and students centered their gaze on this one outcome of a spiritual life, losing sight of any larger, fuller, or more complete manifestation of the indwelling Father. So she says on page 145, healing of the body is beautiful and good. The power to heal is a divine gift, and as such, you are fully justified in seeking it. But God wants to give you infinitely more, infinitely more. So so what she's saying is, okay, yes, the ability to heal is a divine gift, but we're not here to only express one gift. We're here to express the gifts of God, the manifest, the gifts of God to express the ability to heal, the ability to teach, the ability to, to, to love and et cetera, to have the faith that can move mountains. So she goes on to say that on page 147, because I'm jumping over a couple of things that you can read on your own. Again, uh, it's, it's your book. And if you don't have the book Lessons in Truth, like I said before, purchase it. And even if you don't want to purchase it, I'm sure I, I, it's available online. I believe you can download it for free. So there's no reason why you don't have it. If you have the Internet, you can access and get the book, Lessons in Truth. Anyway, she says, you are a vessel for some purpose. 
if when the time comes you let go cheerfully without humiliation or shame or, or a sense of failure, your tense, rigid mortal grasps on some particular form of manifestation such as healing and strive for the greater gifts, whatever they may be in your individual case, you will do works in the one specific direction that will be simply marvelous in the eyes of men. These works will be done without effort on your part because they will be God, omnipotent, omniscient, manifesting himself through you in his chosen direction. Now, what does that mean? That means that the unique talent and gift called you will show up individually to manifest what God is seeking to express through you in the moment. So in other words, when you show up, God will show out. When you show up, God will show out. Now, going back to those gifts that Paul talked about, and I did some research and found these, found some metaphysical interpretation of some of the gifts that I read earlier from chapter chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. And I wanted to give these to you quickly before I get to the rest of the lesson. I'm not going to, I don't know if I'll get through all of them immediately, but I'm going to use part of this, this show to deal specifically with the gift, the Apostle Paul's understanding, and the metaphysical understanding of these gifts. So one of the gifts that Paul talked about was word of wisdom, which Paul interpreted as speaking wisely. Metaphysically, it represents the practical application of spiritual principles by a person in his everyday life. So words of wisdom means that you can practically apply this truth in your life, in your day-to-day living with your family, with your significant other, with your children, at your job, at your church, where you volunteer, in your neighborhood, or whatever you're dealing with. So so words of wisdom is not just speaking wisely, but it's the ability to to practically apply principle in your life. Then he goes on to talk about words of knowledge, which the Apostle Paul to the Apostle Paul meant speaking out of what one knows factually. But metaphysically, it represents the acceptance and the expression of spiritual principles or laws of God. So when you have knowledge or knowing you are working in the realm of understanding because you realize that this is a a universe that is governed by divine law. You know, uh, they they used to have a writing in some of the old unity material when it would state, I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. Again, I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe Governed by spiritual law. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. And this has been taught throughout the ages. You know, Jesus said, according to your belief, be it done unto you. And, the, the, you know, the, the Apostle Paul said, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. It's an understanding that there is divine law, and the divine law is basically what you think, what you feel, what you believe becomes the pattern for which you express in your experience. And that's important to remember. Now, I'm going to stop here at at point two because I want to make sure that um, I don't rush through point three. And I want to remind you again that This show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. And as you have freely received, please freely give. Click on the donate button. Support this online ministry. You know, I I get uh, emails from people all over um, the, the nation and outside of the nation basically telling me that they're listening to the show and what they're getting out of it. So it's making a difference in people's lives. So please be a stance. Please be a commitment that people's lives are transformed by the renewing of their minds. So make sure that you ex- uh, that you donate. Yet again, I want to remind you that also that Christ Universal Temple, uh, you can watch online at www.cutemple.org. Finally, before we go on break, remember that I have a Facebook page. And the Facebook page is 
Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Go to the Facebook and like the page and share it with others. I would greatly appreciate it so we can spread this message. We're going to take a quick short break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we are teaching uh, out of, well, I'm teaching out of Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady, and I'm teaching the chapter on spiritual gifts right now. But I do want to make sure that if you have any questions, you have an opportunity to ask them. So you can give me a call at 888 888- 558-6489-888-558-6489. Now, going back to the gifts that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse chapter 12, excuse me, verses 4 through 11. So now I'm on the third gift that he talked about, which was faith. And faith is an inner conviction of spiritual things. Metaphysical understanding is the steadfastness and assurance in following the spiritual principles or laws of God. You know, Charles Fillmore likes to define, and I love his definition, the perceiving power of the mind linked with the power to shape substance. In other words, is my ability to see spiritually. And it's also connected to the ability for me to mold and shape life or experiences of life based upon what I'm seeing. So faith lives in the realm of possibility. You know, as as the Apostle Paul wrote in one of, I think it's in the book of Romans, calling those things that be not as though they were. All right, going on. Gifts of healing. The capacity to be a channel for spiritual healing is how Paul would have seen it. Metaphysical understanding is the ability to release the mistakes and be open to the spiritual healing in mind, body, and affairs. So being a channel for healing just means that you have the ability to be a vessel through which the the healing life activity of God flows. And that doesn't mean that everybody has to be a laying on hands healer. There's some people who just by going within into the silence of themselves are vessels not only for healing for themselves, but for others. You know, I often uh, talk about the founder of our church, Christ Universal Temple, in the early 1950s. 
she was given uh, six months to live by her doctors with an incurable disease. And through bumping into a Daily Word magazine and it opens up, opens up and it says, God is your health. You can't be sick. You know, she looked at it, was startled, asked her mom about it, found out where the material came from and drove nine hours to Unity Village to find out in Lee Summit, Missouri, to find out about this message. And from that message, she received a healing. You know, and she's still alive today, you know, 60 years plus later, mainly because she really, really grasped the idea of being a, a, a open to the spiritual healing and mind, body and affairs to allow the divine life activity of God to to manifest and express through every cell, muscle and tissue in our body. The thing about it is she did it. and Anybody can do it. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. All right, working of miracles, Paul's understanding the ability to manifest evidence of the power of God. Metaphysically, it represents showing how divine law works to produce good in our life, a process which may seem miraculous to the unenlightened. So what it means is when you're being um, a stand for, for what God can do in your experience and in others, you create the possibility of things happening well beyond your ability to comprehend. Well beyond. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. So what expresses in our lives is only limited by what we think and what we believe, and what we feel, and what we're saying, and what we're doing. Because with God, all things are possible. Yet again, one of the, the statements that Reverend Coleman used to preach about, I used to love when I first came here, she would say, how big is your God? She said, I got a big God. And that was the way of teaching us that that God wor still works through the capacity of our consciousness. And if we are not willing to have an all-possibility God, an all-possibility God can't be in our experience. How big is your God? How big is your God? Is your God bigger than your bills? Is your God bigger than your family issues? Is your God bigger than what's going on in your body right now? Is God bigger than your stress and anxiety? Is God bigger than your fears? Only you can answer that. Because, you know, we can sing and shout hallelujah and still have a God that's not big enough to deal with our own lives. But I tell folks, if the divine intelligence that put the earth just close enough to the, to the sun where it warms it, but not too close to where it would burn up, is the same intelligence that can direct your life. The same intelligence that know, knows how to put a sperm cell and an egg cell together in a woman's womb to give, to create a new life is the same intelligence that can guide your life. The same intelligence that when a scratch happens on your body, it, it, it knows, the body knows what to do without you telling it how to do it, to create a scab, to seal it up so other things don't get into your bloodstream and your body. The same intelligence can run your life. How big is your God? How big is your God? Because if you're doing things that you can handle on your own, I'm suggesting that you're living too small. You should have goals that you know only with the God, only with God they're possible. Why? Because, you know, if, you, if it depended on you and your intellect alone, you know you wouldn't be able to make it. But with God, all things are possible. You should be able to, in other words, speak to the mountain, tell it to be cast into the sea. Those type of goals. The goals that run up against a Goliath and your David as a little boy with a slingshot and he has armor and a sword and a shield bearer. And yet you still run towards it instead of away from it.
How big is your God? All right. The sixth uh, gift, prophecy. Paul's understanding the capacity for divinely inspired utterance, the enunciation and interpretation of the will of God, metaphysical understanding, the unveiling of the working of truth in everyday life, revealing what results may be expected through the use of divine laws. So in other words, we can all be prophets because we can all just discern and reflect on what we've been thinking, what we've been feeling, what we've been believing, what we've been saying, and what we've been doing. Okay? False held in mind produce after their own kind. You don't have to guess what direction you're going. Just look at what you've been thinking. Because that's determining where you're headed and what you're going to meet when you get there. That's it. See, when you understand cause and effect, you can always be a prophet in your own life. What are you causing in your own experience? What are we causing in our own collective experience? A, a, a household is a collective experience. A neighborhood is a collective experience. A city, a state, a nation is a collective experience. Our world, our human, as, as human beings, is a collective experience. What do we accept? What do we not accept? See, because when we accept violence in the name of God, then it shows up in ways that we don't agree with. You know, you know, people don't have a problem with a God that, you know, uh, uh, that that strikes down and punishes and does all these other things. And sometimes people don't even mind being the agents through which that punishment comes. But realize that somebody else has that same belief somewhere else, and you're the person that they think should be punished. So it shows up as the violence. It shows up of making people right and I mean, making other people wrong so you can be right. And then we have situations or circumstances uh, where violence is being exhibited. And then we're wondering, oh, my God, where and why is this happening? We don't want to acknowledge that as human beings, we're violent. We're violent. And if you're violent, it's going to show up in more ways than a boxing match. It's going to st- if we're violent religiously, it's going to show up as people who are self-righteous, who believe that the that the people should be punished, whether that's Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. I don't know. Because people are people. You know, so we have to be honest enough to be able to say. Based upon what we're doing, what should be the end result? What's the foreseeable future in this? That's prophecy. You know, have you ever had a conversation with somebody who you loved and you just knew that they were running, walking down the wrong side of the street? doing some things, being around some folks that they didn't have any business being around and doing anything with. And you told them, you warned them, but they end up finding out for themselves because you could see the end result. You're seeing somebody, you know, you know, doing drugs and hanging with the wrong crowd or being with the wrong significant other. And when I mean wrong, meaning somebody that's not going to value and treat you right. You can see the end game. The end game is always there because actions have a foreseeable future. If we keep doing this, what's the the possible end game? What are the possible end games? And, you know, that's why they tell people don't drop out of high school. You know, like 80, 75, 80% of, of jail inmates are high school dropouts. That's an end game. So if you don't have education, you might be tempted to do other things. That's the end game. Anyway, moving on. The discernment of spirits. Paul's understanding, the ability to tell the difference between those attitudes of mind which promote the well-being of, excuse me, the spiritual welfare of the Christian community and those which do not. Metaphysical understanding, ability to understand intent and purpose back of attitudes and acts. So yet again, A person can be saying things outwardly and doing things outwardly, but have another intention. 
A person can walk up to you and profess their love to you and mean it, or they can walk up to you and profess their love to you and have an ulterior motive. But discernment allows you to know what the intention is behind the action. And this is something that shows up and it flares up, and many times we ignore it. We completely ignore it because we think, oh, I got this, or I know them, or whatever. But it, but it'll ring the alarm inside of you. That intuitive nature that will say, no, something's not right about this. Look a little bit deeper. Okay. The next point is diverse kinds of tongue, which Paul's understanding, speaking in a static utterance, which signify the presence of the spirit and the believers. Now, this is something that is taught many times, especially speaking of tongues in the evangelical churches. And I don't have anything negative to say about that. That's those people's experience. And, and if this is your experience then, and you get value out of it, then continue doing it. It's not for me to say. Metaphysically speaking, though, it is the ability to express and communicate truth enthusiastically. An expanded understanding of this gift is the ability to reach people in different states of consciousness. So in other words, you can speak to people truth, love, peace, harmony, regardless of their level of consciousness. So you can communicate and be a vessel through which other people can be can receive their own transformation because you're open and clear enough to be able to reach different people in different states of mind. It also means speaking with love and the language of spirituality, which may be verbal or nonverbal. So when you're speaking in diverse tongues, you got to remember in the book of Acts in the second chapter, when they were speaking people, they weren't just speaking in in tongues as people understand it now, meaning speaking something that people don't understand. They were actually speaking in different languages, languages, so that they could be understood by everyone. Go back and read it. It's a really interesting story. Last point was interpretation of tongues. For some people, and Paul's understanding the ability to explain the spiritual meaning of ecstatic utterances. And that's how it's used today. You have somebody who speaks tongues and then somebody who interprets the tongues metaphysically. It represents the ability to understand the intended meaning back of attitudes and words. So yet again, we go back to the exact same point that if you are, if someone is speaking to you, you have to be able to understand As Stephen Covey says, listen, you know, listen with the intent to understand instead of the intent to reply. That's a paraphrase, but that's the gist of it. So we have to make sure that we work with um, our spiritual gifts to go forward with power and love. Also, don't forget that you can give me a call at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Now, I want to cover really quickly something that H.M. Lee Katie says on page 150. She says, your greatest work will be done in your own God-appointed channel. If you will let spirit possess you wholly, if you will, if you will to have the highest will done in you and throughout you continually, you will be quickly moved by it out of your present limitations, which a half success always indicates into a manifestation as fuller and more perfect, excuse me, a manifestation as a much fuller and more perfect and beautiful as the new grain than the old seed, which had to fall into the ground and die. So in other words, when you get lined up with the talent, the ability that is, that is expressing through you, that desire, that inborn desire, for instance, I'm a teacher and I'm an interpreter of knowledge. I know that. I can read large amounts of information, process them, and 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 teach them, teach it swiftly and easily, easily. So for me, I realize that I don't, you know, you know, discard other gifts, but I know at the root, I'm a teacher and a preacher. I love to teach and preach. I'll teach and preach anywhere. In any circumstance, I love to absorb and study and contemplate and reflect on theological things. 
and figure out a way to teach them. So when you are in your lane, you are extremely powerful. So so pray and see what is naturally natural for you, how God is showing up as as you in this incarnation. So we're going to pause here for a moment, but I do want to again remind you, if you have any questions, you can call me at 888-558-6489. We're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed and there's no other door in sight? In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we are teaching Lessons in Truth. To, I am teaching Lessons in Truth today, Chapter 11 on Spiritual Gifts, and we're continuing to go forward. Uh, again, if you have any questions, give me a call at 888-558-6489. I would love to hear from you just to make sure that you're getting it. And to make sure that um, if you have any questions, I can hopefully clarify anything that I've presented today. Uh, All right, going to page 152, last paragraph. She states, what we all need to do above everything else is to cultivate the acquaintance or consciousness of spirit within ourselves. We must take our attention off results and seek to live the life. Results will be given to us in greater measure when we turn our thoughts less to the works and more to embodying the indwelling Christ in our entire being. Now, this is basically stating that even as we focus on the spiritual gifts, we have to realize that that's the effect. The cause is developing a consciousness of of the indwelling spirit. Now, Again, we teach that God is omnipresence, all the presence that there is. But our point of contact is our own indwelling 
aspect of spirit or individualized expression of it. You know, the image and likeness of God talked about in Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27 is the is God's idea of itself. So if God is spirit, I am spirit. You are spirit. We are spirit. So the point of contact, even though God is everywhere equally present, the point of contact with God initially is within my own being. So my consciousness has to be aware of my own indwelling true spiritual nature. So what does that mean? That means simply this, that if we get into conscious awareness of our own spiritual nature, it will manifest as these spiritual gifts and much more. Because, again, it opens us up to the power of the miracles. It opens us up to the power of faith and the the, the words of wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. So the possibilities are endless. You're, you are a being of infinite potential. Infinite potential. But, again, it all boils down to how big is your God. So she's stating here that don't worry about the effects. Go live the life. And if you live the life you'll get the healing. If you live the life, you'll receive the breakthroughs. If you live the life, you'll get the prosperity. If you live the life, if you live the life, if you live the life, that's what it's about. If you live the life, because if you live the life, all these things will be added. Remember Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. That's something that we have to remember consistently. Because as you show up and give your gift, it blesses all of humanity. You know, if you're building a house, you might, you're going to need some carpenters, you might need some bricklayers, some electricians, some plumbers, some painters, some landscapers, different people bringing a different gift to make a beautiful home. Well, guess what? To create a world that works for everybody, we need people who are willing to give the gift that is within them so we can create a world that everybody's adding their gifts to and nobody's and, and nobody's taking away from what we're doing, but only building up. Somebody giving the gift of uh, of love, some and peace and and prophecy and whatever, but you got to be the space instead of comparing yourself to someone else and what they're doing. Let them shine in their lane. You get in yours, and what does that mean? You express how God is expressing through you. You know, I can say, well. I'm not out there laying hands on people like Benny Hinn and they're, you know, falling out under the power of the Holy Spirit. Or I can just teach and preach and do my show and do my classes and my workshop and not worry about what anybody else does. What we're doing is many times like Peter when he was talking to Jesus and and Jesus was trying to give him instructions post-resurrection. And, and Peter looked over at John and said, well, what about him? And Jesus said, you know, in the old King James vernacular, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. In other words, what's that to you? Follow me. If you're following me, you don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing. And if you're following the guidance of the spirit of truth within you, you don't have to worry about somebody else's gift and how it's showing up. Don't compare yourself to others. We love to do that as people. Who's better? You know, LeBron or Kobe, LeBron or Jordan, Magic or Bird, Walter Payton or Barry Sanders. You know, these are sporting analogies for people who might not live in the United States. We're always comparing who's the best president, who's the most influential leader, who are the top leaders in the country. Who are the most influential 
musicians. We love to judge. We like to compare people to other people. But we, what we do is we rob people of their uniqueness because then we put them in a box and we don't think about it again. Oh, that person's just trying to be Michael Jackson. Oh, that person's just trying to be Madonna. Or oh, that person, you know, you know, thinks he's, you know, the next President Obama. Or that person thinks he's the next whatever. Let that person just show up and be who they are. And be the first whoever they are instead of the second anyone else. We don't have to judge anybody. Show up and give your gift. And don't worry about what somebody else is doing as far as their gifts are concerned. We're here to be the, the, the space where love and peace and joy can show forth. Because it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is not when you die by and by. It's the all potentiality of this Christ awareness that is already available to everybody. It's the presence and power of God now, right now, right now. And when you get with the right now God, the right now gifts will express. Hopefully that comes across. Again, before we close out today, I want to make sure if there's anybody out there that would like to call in, please do so. You only have about five minutes now, 888-558-6489, So basically, if you want to live powerfully in your life, you have to live authentically. You don't have to be anyone else. You don't have to try to be anyone else. How is God showing up as you right now? How is God showing up as you right now? Because right here and right now, you potentially could be the next transformational agent for your family or for your job or for your community or for your church or the organization you volunteer for or your neighborhood or your city or for some stance. You never know. By being you, by being himself, Gandhi freed India. By being himself, Dr. Martin Luther King transformed civil rights in the United States just by being himself. Just be you. And life will show how being you transforms the space. But you have to be willing to be authentic. You can't be anybody else's lie or what somebody else wants you to be or what's the politically correct thing to be or or paying, playing small so you don't rock the boat. It's time now to live in boldness, in power, not as an ego trip, but as an expression of your faith in the one power that we call God. Then these spiritual gifts will show up. And if, it, and if healing is needed, then healing will manifest. If supply is needed, then supply will manifest. If wisdom is needed, wisdom will manifest. If understanding is what's needed, understanding will manifest. Whatever is needed will show up when you are willing to show up. Moses didn't know growing up in the house of Pharaoh that he was going to be the person that freed the Hebrews from Egyptian slavery. But he was being authentically himself, and then the burning bush happened. You have a burning bush moment. You might have had it already, and you're ignoring it, where it told you, go do, and you didn't. Or it's coming up, and it's going to tell you, go do, and you have a choice. It's up to you. So when you say yes, the power is activated with the yes. Latent abilities that you didn't know you had 
are awakened with the yes. So things Moses didn't even think was were possible manifested in his experience with the yes. When the apostle said yes in the book of Acts, people received healings and breakthroughs because of their yes to the message of Jesus. Say yes to what God is seeking to express through you. Say yes. And see how it can transform your space. Say yes. And see what God can do in your life. Say yes. And take action on what God is doing in your experience. Say yes. Just say yes. Stop fighting. Say yes. Surrender to it. Say yes. You can't run from it forever. Say yes. And allow God to mold and shape you into being a new creation in Christ Jesus. Just say yes. It's okay. Just say yes. And watch God transform your life. Now we're going to have to wrap it up because I'm running out of time now. Next week, we're going to do the unity of spirit to wrap up lessons in truth. Uh, Again, you can download this episode along with all the other episodes. And I would suggest listen to them frequently. Make sure you grasp what's being taught. And then from there, also go forward and know that you can read the book and you can do the other things needed to help you get in contact with your own indwelling spirit. God bless you. Love you all. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. 
there is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Reverend Tom Thorpe, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. <laughs> 